Hey everybody, come on in. It's time. It's time for Coffee with Scott Adams. And what a day it is. It's just like other days, except it's better because of the simultaneous sip that's going to come at you. It's coming at you soon, coming at you hard. And all you need is, what do you need? You know what you need. Come on, you know what you need. It's a cup or a mug or a glass, a tank or jealous or stein, a canteen jug or a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I kind of like my coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go. Mmm. Yeah, I can feel Biden's poll numbers falling. It only took one sip. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Let's jump right into it. Are you ready? Yeah, we'll talk about Wisconsin in a moment. We'll let a few more people get in here. One thing I didn't see coming is that the uh, government, the Trump administration, has declared the fentanyl dealer in China, the big fentanyl dealer whose name we know, weirdly, we know who he is. He's the big fentanyl dealer who sends the fentanyl to the United States and kills our citizens. And they've designated it a foreign national, what is the word, a foreign national, no, foreign narcotics kingpin designation, which allows them to sanction anything that this guy's attached to. <laughs> So uh, this guy's other entities will all be starting to get squeezed at this point. Good. Keep the pressure on. So the big news, of course, uh, there's a tragic shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, You've probably caught the news by now, but a uh, young man, was he 18 years old, was uh, allegedly part of a the Boogaloo Boys, or maybe not, or maybe he was just there as a local protecting businesses from looters. It's all fog of war right now, so I think we should hold off on who he was and why he was there. But, of course, social media has decided he's a white supremacist. Is he a white supremacist? Uh, So far, those claims have come with no evidence of such a thing. Anything's possible, but remember Nick Sandman... If you're going to call this guy a white supremacist, you better come with some evidence, because I think Nick Sandman showed that it's a bad idea to start labeling people based on your first impression. So, uh, I think I've been telling you for some time that the obvious way that these protests-slash-riots-slash-looting episodes were going to go is there was only one way this was going to go, under the assumption that the police would not get more aggressive, which seemed likely, and that the local uh, government would not let the federal government come in and uh, take care of the, uh, the, the violent stuff. So given that there was going to be no adult supervision, and that was intentional, that the, the, local, the local leadership decided to not have uh, any kind of adult leadership during the protest slash riots slash looting. So it was obvious that the locals would end up arming themselves because what else would happen? I mean, really, can you think of any other outcome? 
It's, it's obvious that this had to happen. But what's more obvious is that this is the beginning, not the, you know, not the, the one-off. It's pretty obvious that more militia are going to, and maybe just more citizens, are going to bring heavier arms, heavier meaning more than a pistol, and they're going to start showing up. Now, how often will this turn into an event like this? More. There will be more of it. And unfortunately, there's probably no other way it's going to stop. Now, you could get the worst-case scenario, which is that the protesters also arm. Now, if the protesters arm, and obviously some of them, uh, or a lot of them, actually, are armed, but so far they haven't, they haven't uh, you know, started using it in terms of the, as a protest. So you might see a whole different level in coming nights of who's armed and who's willing to use those arms. But ultimately, this is the way it had to go. So I feel bad for anybody who gets hurt. and I don't encourage any violence against anybody. But as a prediction, there's only one way this can go. And it won't go forever. It will end with more of this. Uh, the only other way we could get an off-ramp is if this, or maybe there's some you know, violence after this that's sort of a copycat. Uh, usually you could count on the copycat stuff. So the, it's an easy prediction that there'll be more, more that looks a lot like last night with the... Uh, so there was a young white guy. Unfortunately, it matters that he's white because that's the state of things. Uh, shot three people. I think two of them may have passed. And it, he may have been there to protect against looting. It looks like there's a video of the police being friendly with him and actually thanking him for his help. So I think the police believed he was there just as an armed, an armed, I don't know, citizen. And as long as he wasn't pointing his gun at people, I guess the police were okay with that. Uh, I don't think they're okay now. Somebody says one died. So remember, it's fog of war. Everything you hear about this is going to be um, unlikely to be true. <laughs> so wait, you know, wait at least 48 hours before you, you're sure of anything that happened out of this event. So I think that there is now... Uh, a, an exit, meaning that uh, you can now see where the end of it is, which is it's going to be more of this, and that will in turn cause people to get a little bit more serious about it, and either the law enforcement or the federal government will come in and end it, or or the, the locals will end it. It's possible the locals will just do more of this, and it'll just become more of a tragedy. All right. Uh, Let's talk about something else, because that's pretty, pretty dark. So there's something that happened at CNN this week, and mostly last night. And if you didn't catch it, it's the most mind-boggling thing you've ever seen in your life. CNN has made some kind of an editorial decision to change the way they're framing things, somewhat suddenly, or it's a coincidence, um, or... Or it's temporary. It might be temporary. But last night, CNN almost became Republican, and I didn't know what I was seeing. They, they completely left their, their crazy frame of everything Orange Man does is bad and everything, everything the left does is good. They pretty much reversed it last night. If you watch the coverage, 
CNN was saying in, in fairly unambiguous language that the RNC night two was really good. <laughs> now, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the RNC um, very strategically, let's say, made sure that they hit all the right notes for identity politics. So they really did a great job of featuring these successful women in the Trump campaign, which is actually a really, it's, it's a strong spot that they have not really emphasized until now. So if you were, if you were a, a CNN viewer, or let's say a Democrat, you, you were watching the uh, RNC, you probably didn't know what you were seeing. Because you'd see all these successful black Republicans talking about things, and you'd say, I didn't know there were black Republicans. <laughs> Uh, of course, nobody says that exactly, but you understand the hyperbole. Uh, just turning it on and watching the Republicans create a program that involved lots of Republicans deciding what's the best thing to do for Republicans and for the country, presumably. And they decided that the best thing to do was to show lots of support for every disadvantaged group, every marginalized group, and they put on quite a show. And I would say that they basically took all the ammo away from CNN. CNN would love to have criticized them for not doing enough for women, not highlighting you know, black issues, but they hit them all, and they hit them hard. And uh, so even, even David Axelrod was saying, okay, got to give it to him. That was a really good production. In terms of a political production, it was extraordinarily well done. So I'd say the RNC has now nailed two in a row, like really, really well. Some of the highlights, if you didn't watch it, Nick Sandman did his little speech about his situation. I thought he did really well. I wasn't expecting much just because of his age. You know, if you see somebody that age and you say, okay, you're going to be on, you know, the biggest the biggest uh, stage in the world, and we're not going to give you any practice. It's just your first day. How about giving your first speech ever, and it'll be to the entire world? And he nailed it. If, if you didn't watch it, he's an impressive kid, meaning that uh, he's got some game, and he actually nailed it. Now, of course, the, uh, the, the, I guess the punctuation to his little speech was when he put on his baggy hat, which was quite a cool moment, I gotta say. It was a good moment. Before that, uh, and uh, the president really hit the the uh, all the right emotional feels a number of times. Uh, I I caught the uh, the show late, so I had to catch up on his pardon of uh, John Ponder. So I guess John Ponder didn't know that he was there to get pardoned. <laughs> now, he was all, he's out of prison, so the pardon, I guess, does what? Does it take away his record? I don't know the details of it. But he was, uh, John Ponder had been a, a convicted at one point, and now he'd, he'd been active in the community helping people who were trying to transition back from prison to life, to a regular life, and apparently he was very successful at it. So, uh, Watching him and being best friends with the police officer, that is just A-plus imagery. I mean, the, there was a lot of genius in that production. This is not normal. If, if you really studied how well the RNC pulled this together the first two nights, it's extraordinary. It's, this is not normal work. You're seeing the best of the best 
in a very short time, pull together something that's really impressive. And uh, to create that moment where John Ponder found out on, on film, I, I don't know if it was live or it was on film, probably live, but, uh, uh, but watching his expression as he found out that he was there to get pardoned was extraordinary. Uh, you have to watch it. It's, it's totally worth watching the clip just to watch that moment. I didn't think it would be as powerful as it was, but it was really powerful. Um, then uh, some other stars, I guess it's David Cameron, the uh, African-American Attorney General of Kentucky, uh, as even, I think even CNN called it his star turn. And I'm thinking, what am I watching? They actually gave him a full, just an A+. plus. What? He's a Republican. <laughs> and CNN just said, A+. Plus. And I'm waiting for the, and, and he killed a baby, you know, and he murdered a person. Nothing? Just A+. Plus? Star turn? He might be like a rising star. Black man in the, uh, in, in the Republican Party. And he wasn't the only one. Uh, people were also talking about Tim Scott as being, you know, maybe auditioning for 2024 to run for president as a Republican. Another African-American man who's clearly in line for a good shot at the presidency as a Republican. Pretty good. Uh, so it would have been hard for the CNN to criticize this thing, but let me give you some other high points. All right. Now, obviously, the, this convention stuff is all... Uh, it's all tricks, right? It's all staged, theatrical. Um, it's, it's a little bit heavy-handed, as in, hey, look at our you know, black people who are doing well. Look at our women who are doing well. And, <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I'll be right back. Sorry, I had to take, a little, take care of a little business. And I'll get right back to you. Hold on a second here. Just hold on a second. All right. Thanks. All right, I'm back. Um, so what was I talking about? Uh, so, uh, so anyway... Uh, CNN loved this thing. Here's, here was my favorite part. Now, if you're looking for how well it was produced, there are moments. Um, I was talking yeah, about uh, Tim Scott. So the Republican Party showed legitimately uh, at least two uh, black men in the Republican Party who you would say, you look at them for five minutes and you say, yeah, I could see them as president. I could totally see them as president. That's very powerful. Uh, yeah, Bad Midler. Somebody says Bad Midler. She was freaking out and said bad things about Melania. All right, let's talk about Melania. Um, CNN was praising her. Republicans are praising her. Uh, one of the most successful speeches you're ever going to see. Um, I think President Trump is really happy about her <laughs> today. And if he's not, 
He needs to. He needs to be, because she nailed it. Now, there's something about Melania that um, is you know different different than any politician because she's mostly about bringing the empathy and the caring and stuff. And because she did a good job on the empathy and caring part, that does um, that does uh, sort of cross over to her husband. In other words, uh, you have a hard time imagining that, first of all, Melania seems totally genuine. You know, all of the, the caring and the empathy for Melania, I think everybody agrees that's real. You know, nobody thinks that's not real. And, and then you say to yourself, well, she married this guy, who we don't think is so empathetic, right? But maybe he is. Because it certainly it certainly confuses things, doesn't it? So I think that she did a great job of humanizing the president and showing that, you know, at least his his team has empathy, and one assumes that he's got some of that too, just by association. But here's my favorite part: uh, if you saw the beginning part where she um, did the long tracking walk uh, on the way to the podium, that was genius. <laughs> and here's why it's genius. Most people can't walk. And by that I mean, could you imagine anybody else who they would give a long tracking shot to? So you see them walking toward the camera, but for a long ways. It wasn't just like, you know, here's a shot and then cut away. They made a deal of showing her as a, a tiny, you know, a tiny distant figure and then walking toward the camera. And what was genius about this is you could you could pick a thousand people who couldn't walk the way she walks because she's a trained uh, model. So when she walks, it's literally professional walking. I don't know if I don't know if you were like catching it at the time, but whoever had the genius to catch the professional walking before she actually did the speech, that's that's beyond good work. That's like next level stuff. Because not only did it give you a sense of distance, because this is the other thing it did. If you're watching these televised things without audiences or without much of an audience, they can look flat. But think of the dimensionality you got when they did this long shot down the, the sidewalk and you saw a tiny Melania who, let's be honest, the audience was waiting for her, right? She was, you knew she was going to be one of the highlights, and people were interested because even if they didn't like the president, they kind of were interested in Melania. She's just interesting in, in a lot of different ways. So to, to have that, you know, just beautiful walk-up introduction give, give some depth to the viewer, uh, it was just smart, just smart. Yeah, and of course, you know, everybody will talk about her outfit and uh, all that, so it gives them lots to talk about that's not, not too serious, and maybe we needed that. Uh, so the, the critics were completely out of ammo, and they're were, they were starting to complain about the Hatch Act, which says you can't use the White House, or I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's all federal property, I'm not sure, but you can't use the White House for political stuff unless you're the president. Now, of course, the president can do it, which makes sense. It's not like anybody knows he's not the president, so why not do it there? But are you going to apply that to Melania? <laughs> I don't know if the Hatch Act applies to her as first lady. She's not elected, so maybe she's exempt. But they tried to say, 
I was watching Joy Reid, I think, say that uh, Chad Wolf, uh, who is, what is he? He's in, he did the immigration uh, ceremony thing. They're saying that the Hatch Act was violated because he did his little thing swearing in citizens. And I'm thinking, oh my God, Trump did it again. He lured them into criticizing the most unimportant thing there were that happened. In the entire country, there is nothing less important. Nothing. Uh, if you made the longest list you could of the problems in the United States, you would be down to like problem number 10,000 before the problem of Chad Wolf talked for 60 seconds in a building he wasn't supposed to be in while he was standing next to the president who is completely allowed to do a political act. Now, is it a political act that he swore in um, five or six uh, new citizens? I don't know. Is that a political act? Would you consider it a political act, per se, to see somebody sworn in as a citizen? I don't know. If you're going to make a complaint about that, that is the smallest, smallest, little pico problem in the United States. Yeah, technically. Is, is Joy Reid technically right? I don't know. Do you care? <laughs> Do you care? No. So Trump once again tricked them into talking about the only thing no audience cares about. That even, even MSNBC was probably saying, uh, seriously? Really? You're completely out of ammo. So your complaint was that Chad Wolf did his job, because I think swearing in people is probably in, in the domain of his job. Uh, that's pretty small complaint. So you're doing great. But let's talk about the swearing in. As, uh, as Anderson Cooper noted, and it was a great moment of CNN TV, I, I, I hope you saw it live. Because Anderson Cooper said that watching the president swear in these, uh, these new citizens who had come from a variety of countries, that Anderson Cooper actually went there. And he said, it looks like they were selected to be from the, quote, shithole countries. And I thought to myself, did you really say that? Did you really say that these people, you know, even though he's obviously trying to quote President Trump, from long ago, are you really are you really tying these these six people who just want to be citizens? They just they just want to be good people, be good to the kids, have good families, contribute to our country. They just they just want to be citizens. And Anderson Cooper drags them into this shithole country conversation. You know, I will admit that the president probably was trying to counter, you know, that story. I mean, that, that seems somewhat obvious. But here's the fun part. And then Anderson Cooper says, it seemed, I don't know what word he used, jarring or discordant were two of the words that I heard last night. It seemed jarring because on one hand, the president had said a bad thing about the countries that I don't know if any of them were from those countries, which is part of what's bad about what Anderson said. But he said it was jarring that the president would say bad things about it and then he would act so nice to people from, you know, at least countries in, in that class, if you will, of not the, not the superpowers. And I thought to myself, Anderson Cooper, why is this jarring to you? 
Was he unaware that the president... Is my microphone not good? Is, is the president unaware... Or, I'm sorry, is Anderson Cooper unaware that the president has always been 100% in, in, in favor of legal immigration? <laughs> is it the first time CNN is finding out that the president of the United States favors legal immigration? Because I don't think there was any discord there. I don't think there was anything that was in conflict there. And the fact that he thought so was just mind-blowing because only CNN and you know, the fake news made a fake story out of this. And so his own fake story wasn't matching with his own observation. And he was trying to understand why his own fake news didn't match his observation on live TV. <laughs> it was a great moment. Yeah, it was a small movement, but it was great. All right. Um, One of the best lines of the night that made me just go, what? Was uh, David Cameron, the AG from Kentucky, who referred to Biden as a backwards thinker. That's really good. Now, I don't know if anybody helps him with his speeches. You assume that anybody who gives a speech at, the, at, the, at a big convention probably has professionals who are, are helping with, the, uh, with everything. So uh, it might have been a professional who helped him with that, but that's a great, great line against Biden, a backwards thinker as opposed to someone who's focused on the future. That was good stuff. Um, let me just say about the naturalization ceremony. Um, I am very cynical and jaded and you know all those things, as many of you are. But there's one thing that gets me every time. I cannot watch um, people swearing in to become uh, new members of the United States, you know, new citizens. I can't watch that ceremony without just crying every time. Doesn't matter. Last night, yes, but I've seen you know other videos. I've, I've seen videos of people I know who are going through that process, and I gotta say, if let me put it this way. If a revolution happened tomorrow and you wanted to, and and let's say something happened that burned all of the books and something destroyed the internet, so we lost all of our records of civilization, we lost all of our structure, the government was overthrown, and we lost everything, and you wanted to build it back, what would be the, the, the one thing you'd need to retain to be able to build it back. The only thing that everything else could be built back if you just kept that one thing. And that's what you saw with that naturalization um, ceremony. That, that's the thing. The fact that that can happen, that those people, those uh, excellent citizens, would come to this country and would buy into not just, you know, the real estate. You know, they weren't saying we came to the United States because it has good real estate. They weren't saying that. They were buying into the, the idea. So here's the thing. No matter how bad things are, no matter riots in the streets, no matter fake news, no matter wars, no matter coronavirus, No matter unemployment, no matter bad words on the internet, 
as long as long as that one thing works, as long as we keep that one thing, we can get back everything else. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm a big baby, and I have to admit um, that that touched me. So, um, um, this one funny thing, uh, yesterday I was joking, I have to say something funny because I have to get in a different mood here for a moment. Um, I was, I was, uh, telling you about all the weird coincidences between the Biden campaign and Satanism. Now, I'm not a believer, so I don't believe there's a real Satan, but it is humorous how many coincidences there are that you could find. Let's call it confirmation bias, but there are lots of coincidences you can find once you're looking for them, which is really the lesson in this, is that once you're looking for them, they're everywhere. And after I did that, somebody told me that Kamala Harris's middle name, wait for this, wait for this, you're going to be glad you heard this. You ready? Kamala Harris's middle name is Devi, D-E-V-I. The only thing that's missing to turn her middle name into literally devil is an L. And you know what's funny about that? Oh, that's funny already. But you know what's really funny about that? Kamala Harris, the only thing she needs is an L, and Trump's going to give it to her. (laughs) She's going to get the L. She's not going to get the W. So... Did the, did the simulation just serve up to us? Her middle name is Devi, and all she needs is an L, and Trump's going to give her the L? I mean, come on. Is any of this real? Is this a real world? It couldn't possibly be. This is so obviously scripted at this point, you couldn't possibly believe this is anything but a simulation. All right. Here's my prediction. Are you ready? I understand that uh, Trump not only, or I'm sorry, that uh, when Biden did his uh, convention thing there, Biden got no bounce. <laughs> there was no Biden bounce. Apparently, if you live in the basement, you don't get much of a bounce. Do you think there will be a bounce from the RNC? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just wait for the next poll. Now, I don't want to say that I'm psychic because that's not what's happening in this particular case. But you might get some laughs when you see the next poll. (laughs) All right. Somebody's telling me that Kamala means different things. Uh, That means horrible and Finnish. And and somebody said that Lucifer means uh, the bringer of light, which is literally what Biden is claiming. Biden says he'll bring us light. Somebody said that that's what Lucifer means, actually the bringer of light. I don't know if that's true, but somebody said it. All right. Come on, man. Uh, I'm going to eat my breakfast. That's all for now, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.